You turn in your Bible to Psalm 23. We'll be focusing on verse 5 this morning, but I also thought it would be good if we turn in the back of our Trinity hymnal to page 791. I have been reading through Psalm 23 every week, but I thought it might be good if we read it together uh, this morning. 791 in the back of your Trinity hymnal. We'll read it all together. We don't have to do it responsively, but we'll just read it all together, everyone starting there at the beginning of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the work of the Holy Spirit. And we pray that the Holy Spirit would be attending these words that you would do the work today in the lives of your people that you have ordained, that our ears would be open to hear, and our hearts would be open to change. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would work today through your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the reasons that Psalm 23 is loved by so many people is that it was written by a man who had experienced all the hardships of life. In verse 4, we read about the dark valleys of life and the fears which accompany the unknowns of the valley. In verse 5, the focus is not upon the fears of the unknown, but it's on the reality of what is known. The enemies. David had known firsthand the conflict of enemies. He faced Goliath, that hostile, aggressive, overpowering enemy. He fled from Saul, who not only tried to pin him to the wall with a spear, but who pursued him all throughout Palestine. Saul, the, the jealous enemy who will do away with David to secure his own position. David even faced an enemy within his own family, his son Absalom, the greedy revenger betrayer who forced David to flee from Jerusalem. All these enemies brought intense conflict into David's life. In the case of Saul, David was not at fault 
His only crime was living a godly life, and Saul was threatened by that. In the case of Absalom, David was partly responsible because he refused to deal with Absalom's situation. Let it, let it stay out there. One thing seems clear. Conflict is a part of life. You cannot avoid it. We can put it in that category of death and taxes, right? The unavoidable realities of life. So no matter how hard you try to live peaceably with everyone, you will face conflict, whether small or large. It's a given of life, and it comes in a variety of forms. The boss, who is relentlessly on your back, the co-worker who cannot understand why you live and think the way you do. A classmate who makes fun of your Christianity. A spouse who is selfish. Kids who are rebellious. Relatives who are nosy. Maybe even another church member. Yes, conflict even takes place in churches. It's not hard to believe, is it? As they say, if you find a perfect church... Don't join it. You'll spoil it, right? Of course, there is no perfect church. If it's your expectation to live a conflict-free life, you're going to be very disappointed. It's not a question of avoiding conflict. It's a question of facing the conflict that is there. So how do you face conflict? Well, this sermon is not a how-to sermon. I'm not going to give you five steps by which you can avoid conflict. No, our focus is on how the shepherd helps us during conflict. That's the focus of Psalm 23, verse 5. It emphasizes the actions of our shepherd, the things that he does as we face conflict. Amid conflict, we have needs. The actions of our shepherd meets those needs. And so we can face conflict with the help of our shepherd. So we'll proceed by first looking at the need that arises in our lives because of conflict. And then we'll look at how our shepherd meets that need. So the first thing we want to see is uh, one result of conflict is that it unsettles us. It unsettles us. It upsets our lives. It takes time and energy. And sometimes if it's a major conflict, it is really hard to deal with anything else. Major conflicts. A teenager who will not listen to the point of outright rebellion. A bully who will not let us alone. A family member who is manipulative. And you can name many, many, many more situations that you yourself have faced. A lot of times conflict comes from difficult people. Someone has compared the mind of a person who is hard to get along with compared the mind of that particular kind of person with concrete, thoroughly mixed up, and permanently set. 
difficult people. Conflict can unsettle us by disrupting our ability to think rationally, our ability to plan clearly, our ability to carry out the normal activities of life. Think of David. Early on, he was constantly on the run from the irrational pursuit of Saul, who was trying to kill him. He couldn't settle down, always on the move. He couldn't live a normal life, driven further and further into Philistine territory to escape Saul. That same David wrote these words. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When we are on the run, when we are unsettled in life, the shepherd, our shepherd is looking out for us. When we have a hard time looking out for ourselves, our shepherd prepares a meal and sets the table for us. He provides for us. He does it when we need it most, when things seem impossible. We read from Psalm 89 this morning in worship. It looks back at the history of Israel and it asks this question Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Can God prepare a table in that barren place? Can God prepare a table when it seems impossible? Yes, he can. It's part of the answer of that psalm that even though his people were rebelling against him and not believing in him, he was still in that wilderness place preparing and providing for them. A special delivery of quail to his people in the wilderness. You prepare a table before me when I cannot look after myself. My shepherd is looking after me. Part of the problem in Psalm 78 is that the people did not believe in God. Trusting in your shepherd is the first step. He can use conflict for your good and provide what you need in the face of it. The second result of conflict is also addressed in this verse. Conflict can bruise us. And I've mentioned Philip Keller before, and some of this information comes from his book and other books. Apparently, sheep during the summer are especially vulnerable to scab, an irritating disease caused by a parasite commonly found in the head area. And conflict like that parasite can be really irritating resulting in deep hurt and pain. Not just physical pain, but emotional pain, spiritual pain. Some hurts coming out of conflict can can run very deep, so deep that they're hard to heal sometimes. The passing of time helps, but again and again those sores fester and become infected. Over and over again we relive the hurt. Conflict bruises us. Some bruising may be caused by other people. Some bruising may be caused by our own sin. But it leaves us battered, beaten up, sore, and bruised. 
sort of like the description in Isaiah chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, describing the condition of God's people, and there it is a result of their own sin. Not always will this be a result of our sin, but that's the context in Isaiah chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Listen to what, how it describes God's people. The whole head is sick, the whole heart faints. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it. But wounds and bruises and putrefying sores, they have not been closed or bound up or soothed with oil. Whatever the source of conflict, it causes misery. Sometimes in every part of our life. The only thing that may bring real healing is your shepherd. Who has soothing oil for those deep hurts. This is what we see in chapter 23, verse 5. You anoint my head with oil. It's hard living with those deep wounds, the the periodic flaring up of those sores, the, the grief they can bring to your life and to the lives of others. Perhaps you remember that old song, There is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Sometimes I feel discouraged and think my work's in vain, but then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. There is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Your shepherd has this bomb. The bomb that can heal those deep wounds, but it can also heal those small irritations in life. Sheep are bothered by nasal flies that buzz around the head trying to lay eggs on the damp membranes of their nose area. And if successful, the eggs hatch and those small larvae burrow into the flesh and cause great irritation. For relief, sheep may rub their noses in the soil beat their heads against trees, and even kill themselves in a frenzied effort to get relief. To keep the flies away, the shepherd would apply oil to those vulnerable places to take away the irritation and the restlessness. Do you find yourself being bothered by those small irritations in life? Those small frustrations which blow your spiritual cool. Those little petty annoyances that upset your peace. The nagging distractions that continually distress you. The soothing oil of the shepherd can help you deal with those small irritations so that you're not driven to madness. Sometimes those small ones really are irritating. In some places in the Old Testament, the oil is used to anoint the king, and it's associated with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. In fact, the word Messiah in the Old Testament is the anointed one, the one anointed, not only by the oil set apart by that oil, but by the Spirit. Our shepherd has poured out the Holy Spirit completing His work of salvation and ascending to His Father in heaven. He has poured out that Spirit to calm our hearts, to heal our wounds, to redirect our thinking, to help us respond 
to difficult situations. We need that supernatural power that heals and brings a peace that passes, surpasses all understanding. So conflict can unsettle us. Conflict can bruise us. Conflict can leave us empty. Empty. It takes away our strength. It deletes our energy. It leaves us physical and emotionally spent. And the shepherd can fill us. My cup overflows. Now, it's interesting to look at this word cup. To look at the way the word cup is used in the Old Testament. Of course, it refers to a literal cup. A cup in which you would drink out of. But that literal use of cup came to be used in the Old Testament in a metaphorical way to refer to your situation in life. And there are two main ways the cup is used in the Old Testament. It can refer to a negative situation in life and it can refer to a positive situation in life. And let me start with the negative. The cup is used to refer to God's judgment. The cup of God's judgment. And some people have to drink from it. I have several passages of Scripture I'm going to refer to. We don't have to turn to them for the use of time if you want to write them down and maybe come and look at them later. First one is Psalm 75, 8. Listen to this passage. In, in the hand of the Lord there is a cup and the wine is red. It is mixed with spices and he pours it out. Surely its dregs shall all the wicked of the earth drink. In some places of the Old Testament... The nations surrounding Israel are to drink from this cup. Jeremiah 25, 15, For thus says the Lord God of Israel to me, to Jeremiah, Take this wine cup of wrath from my hand and cause all the nations to whom I send you to drink from it. The cup of judgment and the dregs in the bottom of this cup, which Psalm 75, 8 refers to, that which is at the bottom of the cup. That which is the strongest part of the drink refers to full participation. This is not a sip. This is not a taste. This is a full gulping down of the contents in that cup of God's judgment. Jeremiah 25, 16 says, They shall drink and stagger and be crazed because of the judgment that is coming. I'm sad to say many times even God's people in the Old Testament, you know Israel completely rebelling against God, even God's people were represented as having to drink from this cup. Ezekiel 23, 34, this cup is called the cup of horror and desolation that fills people with drunkenness and sorrow. The, the, the effect of drinking from this cup is a picture of total desolation, 
a complete falling apart of a person's spiritual, emotional, and even physical well-being. This is the cup of the wine of God's wrath. This is the cup of judgment, and nobody wants to drink from this cup. Nobody wants to. Sadly, many will. No, the cup you want to drink from is the cup of God's blessing. And that's the cup that the shepherd offers to his people. The cup also in the Old Testament represents the blessing of God in a person's life. Psalm 16, 5. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Here, cup is in parallel with inheritance and lot, reminding us of that inheritance that God gave to His people Israel in the Old Testament, that which He gave them for their sustenance. That portion of land passed down from generation to generation. But even more is in view here. You, Lord, are my portion. You are my cup. The Lord is the focus of the psalmist's delight because without God, nothing else matters. Without God, material blessings are empty. That was Psalm 116. Psalm 16. Good memory. Way to memorize it, right? 16 and 116. Uh, 116 and then 16. Here's Psalm 16 too says this, I have no good apart from you. All the good things I have come from you. You are my portion and my cup. What is being said here is that all the blessings of life come from God. But even more, He is the highest blessing. At the end of Psalm 16, that blessing includes a future hope. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. And then just two verses from Psalm 116. God is praised for his deliverance from death and bountiful goodness. Verse 12, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? Verse 13, I will lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. All those rich blessings that God has in store for his people. Now how, how does the shepherd provide such rich blessings for his people? How does he do it? Well, you may remember at a particular period in Jesus' life, As he was facing betrayal, trial, and crucifixion, he was pouring out his heart to his Father in heaven. And Luke 2.42 tells us that Jesus prayed this prayer. He said, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. And Luke tells us he was in such agony, his sweat became like great drops of blood. Why was Jesus in such turmoil? And what is this cup that he wants removed? He was facing the prospect of being crucified on a cross, the most horrible way to die, no doubt. But even more, he would drink the cup of God's wrath. 
That's what he was facing as he faced crucifixion on that cross to take the place of his people, to take the place of his sheep, to drink from that cup of judgment as he would bear the sin of his people, bearing the wrath of God. That's the cup that Jesus drank as he hung upon the cross. The eternal, perfect Son of God became a man to take my place on the cross suffering for my sin, drinking the cup that I should be drinking. And he would defeat our greatest enemies, sin, Satan, death, and hell. And because Jesus drank the cup of God's judgment for you, He offers to you the cup of salvation. He offers to you the cup of blessing. Why would we not take it? Why would we not receive it? My cup overflows. God's blessings to His people are numerous, abundant, more than we can fathom, more than we could hold on to just Because our shepherd has provided them for us. There's an old coffee commercial. Probably most of you don't remember it. Maybe those of you who are of my period in life might remember it. Fill it to the rim with brim. Somebody (laughs) remembered it. It's kind of catchy. Right? Fill it to the rim with brim. God offers to fill your cup with more than just coffee, as much as a lot of us around here do like coffee. He can satisfy the deepest hurts and longings of your life. He can refresh the weariness and emptiness of your life. He can fill your life with spiritual blessings beyond what you've dreamed of, beyond your expectation, beyond your explanation. And the shepherd can do this even amid the conflict, conflicts of your life. Maybe your circumstances are not all that good right now. Not all that pleasant. He can feed you by spreading a table in the presence of your enemies. He can heal you by anointing your head with oil. He can fill your cup until it overflows. But what good is it if he provides a table and we never show up to eat? What good is it if he has soothing ointment but we keep moving away from him? What good is it if he provides an overflowing abundance but we never bring our cup to him to have it filled? Why do we remain hungry by chewing on the gristle that the world offers? Why do we settle for being bruised, empty, and hurting when the shepherd can heal us and fill us? Brothers and sisters, the invitation is there today. Come and feed at the shepherd's table. Bow your head so his oil can heal you and lift up your cup and watch it overflow. We serve a great shepherd. Let's pray. 
Father, we thank you that your love and your grace and your mercy are beyond our comprehension. And we thank you for Jesus Christ, our shepherd. We thank you that he has prepared a way for us even though we are unworthy sinners to come into your very presence to worship you to have fellowship with the triune God of the universe help us to honor you and to love you and to present our bodies a living sacrifice for you that you might receive all of the praise and the honor and the worship that you deserve. We thank you for Christ, our Redeemer, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen.